3: following is a live, copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com, with your host, Frederick Penny, Attorney at Law, and now, RadioLawTalk.com.
1: Welcome, everyone, to hour number two of RadioLawTalk.com. Radio Law Talk on your radio dial. I'm Todd and filling in for Fred Penny. Fred is on assignment for those of you just tuning in. Very busy schedule. Had some things that took him away from where our studios are located, and so we miss Fred this week. We'll have him back soon. Uh, To my right, in the usual position of prominence, the usual position of giving me that look where I'm just glad that the looks are not loaded because if they were, I would be dead shooting me those looks. Denise Dirks, how are you?
2: I'm well. I'm well and ready to go. I'm ready to talk about the law.
1: Well and ready to go to talk about the law. And we also... As we do often, we uh, we have our case or no case. i come up here in just a bit. And that is presented to us by the man behind the glass, Cal Hunter. Cal, how are you on this fine morning?
3: You know, when I drove down here this morning, I thought, oh, so this is why I live in Northern California, <laughs> right? The smoke had started to clear. It's, I mean, it's not perfect yet, but, boy, the weather, the temperature was just ideal. In fact, I even cracked the windows of my car and didn't run the... No heating or cooling. Just uh, perfect. It was beautiful.
2: Yeah, yeah it's going to be a beautiful day, but it will get hot. Yeah, it's going to get afternoon. warm. And
3: it's...
1: the winds are going to pick up. That's not good, but for right now, it's good. Yeah. Because the winds picking up are usually what drives. The, if it the winds pick up, it gets drier. When it gets drier, that's when the lightning strikes. When the lightning strikes, that's when you get the fires. Coupled with the already picked up winds, that's a recipe for disaster. Pushes the flames but into right the dry Right now, drive, my
2: son's yeah. on the center fire.
1: Oh,
3: really? Yeah. Well, oh, here's the good news. He's occupied, engaged in a good cause.
2: That's right. Yeah. And they are get, getting it. They're at 38 percent. They were at 24 percent. So we have to just think, contain that thing. Right.
1: Just get a line around it. Yep. So ho- hopefully that. Ho- hopefully the, uh, the the weather won't change to different things here. And there are probably people listening us in the south and and elsewhere. <laughs> Like back it, east. It, it, the back east. You know, the folks in the south, you know, are probably like, yeah, well, call us when you get hit with a tornado, okay? Yeah. Because that's what yeah. we deal with. You know, <laughs> and call us when you get hit with, with flooding, with when a you hurricane. know With a hurricane. So. And I know everyone has things
3: they're dealing with, but I promise yeah. you, if you've never seen a firestorm go through a community like it's, it did in Paradise, wow. It's course, amazing. And, and people say the same yeah. thing about a, about a hurricane, and rightfully so. Hurricane, and rightfully so. Yeah. But I tell you, wow.
1: Well, the way yeah. you know we we so
3: we I have,
2: don't like fires. I mean, I'd rather if we had to pick a natural disaster, right? I'd rather have an earthquake, honestly, than a than a fire. It just
1: well, they are frightening. They are, and, and, uh, and then and then people yuck. from people from 1988, 80 or 89 are like, oh wait, wait a second here, you know? Because but uh, right. Cal, Cal, you pronounced something <laughs> interesting because we have an affiliate in Utah. Hurricane. Yeah. And you said hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> I did that for them, yeah. Okay, except for those of you that don't know, there's a there's a town in uh, it? Central Utah, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little farming community. Yeah. yeah, Central Utah, farming community, and when you drive by, it looks like it's called Hurricane Utah. No, 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 no. If you pronounce it Hurricane Utah when you go there, you will be corrected. Yes, just <laughs> as if you were to say horse like that instead of horse. Horse, <laughs> yes. It's hurricane, hurricane You ride Utah. your
3: harsh to hurricane. <laughs> it's,
1: it's like nice. I, it's like when I practiced law in the South, I was a DA in Northeast Tennessee, and, and I kept saying, you know, that well, we'll go to the office up in Blountville, and after doing that for a couple of weeks, I had a judge stop me and go, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Cunan, it's pronounced Blountville, <laughs> okay, and stop pronouncing the T in county. It's county. Okay, all right, sir, all right, I've been corrected.
2: <laughs> Did they also say crick?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, but we just didn't have a whole lot of those where I was from. <laughs> well, in Idaho, we do. It's Crick, not crick. Creek. Yeah, because yep. crick,
2: crick. Yeah. <laughs> we say that, too, in, in Oregon. And Rodeo. And, and Washington.
3: Rodeo, not Rodeo. Not the Spanish spin on the word, but Rodeo. Yeah. But, you know, wherever
1: you go, wherever you go in the country, the initials NFL are usually pronounced the same way. And I have it on good authority that that may be the topic of our case
3: or no case. That is absolute fact, my friend. It's time to go to now the National to Football League. Case
1: or no case. Yay! Are you going to do this in the voice of uh, Harry Callis or Howard Cosell? Howard Kosa. <laughs> All right, Howard Cosa. I'm yeah. telling it
3: like it is. <laughs> <laughs> the year is 2016, very well pre-COVID. That's when National Football League hopefuls go to the National Football League Scouting Combine there to showcase their skills. The shorts and athletic apparel the athletes wear are required because they come from an NFL partner, Nike. So a certain Mr. Jones, what's his first name? Did I not put it in there? I'll I'll get to it in a minute. Lined up for the truly critical 40-yard sprint, an important marker that shows whether his otherwise considerable athletic talent might be of interest to NFL teams. He lined up, the starting signal sounded, and away he went. 10 yards in 1.7 seconds, very fast. got to the 20, to the 30. He was really moving down the track, and as he crossed the finish line, he fell forward, and his Nike shorts failed, exposing a lot more of him than he wanted. (laughs) And as he tumbled into the ground in embarrassment, he injured his right shoulder seriously, strained ligaments, put his career and all that NFL money on hold, because he did run it in a remarkable time, 4.7. His first reaction was to get well. His second was to see if he had a case against Nike or the NFL.
1: So I ask you, Mr. Cunin, case or no case? Well, that's an interesting one. I'm one of these nerd people, I guess you would say that, that uh, I actually like watching the NFL Combine. I do, too. I, I, I... the things that these athletes are able to do, and, and you in, in the NFL Combine specifically, y- you miss a lot of the build of these guys when they're out playing in the field because they've got the pads and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Right. And then you see these guys wearing a pair of shorts and a, like a half-cut-off T-shirt, and you're like, whoa. Now I know why they call them washboard abs because you could do your laundry on those abs. Now yeah. I know why, you know, more
2: than six packs.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 amazing to see what these athletes do. And by uh, which, Chris Jones. Chris, Chris Jones. Jones. And it is. Oh, okay. And it is equally as tragic when at a combine somebody suffers an injury. Oh, look, I get it if you're doing something, but if it's a if it's an injury as a result of an equipment malfunction, clothing malfunction that could jeopardize your career, that is. Um, that is very tragic. So I'm going to say that this is a scenario. And I will also say that this was a case, but that some sort of settlement was achieved. Okay. So. I think that's a reasonable conclusion based
3: on the information you were given. Ms. Dirks, what say you about Chris Jones? I don't Chris like Jones? to
2: agree with Todd. No, <laughs> you. Chris know? Jones
3: and his, and his falling out man bits. Good heavens. Yeah. No,
2: oh, it was Denise, the man bits? I assumed it was the bear...
3: No, when he Backside. fell, he got his shoulder, and then uh, he he tumbled because his man bits came out when the shorts failed. He was embarrassed, and he kind of caught him by surprise, and he tripped and fell over, got on the shoulder, and, you know, boom, here you go. Oh. You know, so, yeah, it was a bad story.
2: Did that happen on, like, live TV?
3: Mm-hmm. On the, on the <laughs> NFL Network. <laughs> yeah.
2: Wow. Okay, so Sorry. I do believe it's a scenario. <laughs> I've been trying to
1: keep this in the whole time. bro. I I know. Okay.
2: I have to call this case or no case Nike man bits, I think,
1: right? (laughs) Okay. Um,
2: (laughs) All right. So I'm going to say that it's a scenario, but it is not a case. Hmm.
1: Scenario, but not a case. Denise, say it isn't so.
2: I have to say it so.
1: Okay. All right. Well, so this was this was 2016, Cal. 2016. I'm trying to correct. stretch this so we can get the answer after the break. We're <laughs> well, coming up, you know.
2: <laughs> I think we can't stretch it that long. I'll, I'll well, I, I don't
1: know, Matt. That might have been what he tripped on. Well. Uh, <laughs> oh. Now the uh, <clears throat>
3: the uh, just so you know. Mr. Chris Jones was a prominent factor in the Kansas City Chiefs' more-than-fortunate win against the San Francisco 49ers.
1: Oh, so, see, now I'm pulling for Nike. Good heavens, I'm am <laughs> <laughs> a 49er what? fan. Oh, my gosh. Oh. As it turns out, <laughs> Mr. Jones did
3: fall and did expose his man bits. But nothing came of it. <laughs> no case. And that, folks, is... <laughs> Oh no, okay, so Denise gets two. Yeah.
2: Yes. And that was a football one. <laughs>
1: why why, why, is, why? do I feel like Radio Law Talk is to be sued by Mr. Jones now? On the sound bite alone, he fell, exposed his man bits, and nothing became of it. Oh my gosh, defamation.
3: <laughs> oh no, plenty came of it. I mean, I, I, I watched the video, and he fell forward. And the only shot they got was in front of him. We had his shoulders and everything screened. But he immediately got up and started tucking like crazy. <laughs>
1: well, okay. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Well, yeah, with that, we'll come back and talk about Bob Craft. <laughs> okay. Here we go.
3: All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com.
1: This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants
7: and the Ad Council. When you were a little kid and you thought about what you wanted to be, teaching was at the top of your list. But things changed. And as you got older, teaching didn't seem like the best option anymore. So you're thinking you'll be something else. But what would your 12-year-old self say? Now you want to be a doctor. You don't think teachers save lives 25 at a time. An actress? Try playing a different role every time the bell rings. How about a scientist? Ever heard of physics, chemistry? Who do you think teaches that? Teachers today are breaking down obstacles, finding innovative ways to instill old lessons, and taking learning far beyond the four walls of the classroom. It's time to recognize that great things are happening in teaching and put it back on your list. Don't try to convince yourself otherwise. You had it right the first time.
5: Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council.
0: Radio Law Talk. I like that show.
3: You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny.
1: Well, you know, Cal with his case or no case, going to the going to the NFL.: the yes. National Football, football League. League. You know, when I was a, <laughs> when I was a kid, we, my parents wouldn't let us watch TV on Sunday, and so I go to school on Monday, and all my friends are talking about what happened in the football, and I couldn't I waited waited for Monday Night Football and Howard Cosell's halftime highlights. So I knew what they were talking about. Yeah,
3: there was no ESPN at that time. There was nothing like that. And those halftime highlights were an absolute must-see.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it was that If you didn't see the game, that was the only way you were going to find out what
2: happened.
3: And Monday Night Football, what a cultural phenomenon it became. Of course, it's run out of steam a little bit now by... Oversaturation. Monday oh, night yeah. football. Thursday, Thursday night football. football. Yeah, 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 it's
2: yeah, yeah. like I'm a football widow.
1: Well, that's okay. Could be worse. Well, you know, <laughs> could be a real widow. <laughs>
2: well, all, all, all I, all I, I'm, I'm, I'm just
1: saying, you know, could be worse. Yeah. All I'm going to say is, look, it, you know, there are a lot of people in my family group in a very religious family, and they would love it if I would go to church again and do things. And I'm just like, you know, it's very hard to go to church and live in the NFC West. It's just hard to do. Okay, <laughs> it's the best conferences. <laughs> again, <laughs> come on. You know, maybe I could get it now if I left the phone on mute. But <laughs> all right, so. (laughs) So we're going to stay with the NFL here. Um, For those of you that know of, oh, what is a franchise that has seen some sort of success for the last decade and a half? The New England Patriots. Mm -hmm. The New England Patriots and their owner, Bob Kraft. Now, Mr. Kraft got himself into some legal trouble down in Florida. And we had been covering that. What was the legal trouble that Mr. Kraft got into?
2: Well, he was... um...
1: Accused he, of
2: well he it was alleged <laughs> that he uh, paid for um, sex at a, a sexual massage act, yes yeah for mm-hmm. some kind of a sexual encounter at a massage parlor. So he,
3: he went to And
2: several times, not yeah. oh, just once. The Look. Happy
3: Hands Massage
2: Parlor. I'm, I'm happy endings. <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh, sorry, that's right. <laughs> I'm gonna
1: Well it, it is based upon what happened with this case, but uh, <laughs> nobody's reaching for a cigarette. Right. So what I'm gonna say here though, is I'll take the defense attorney's standpoint. Mr. Kraft simply went to a massage. Massage parlor because he was suffering the aches and pains after a long season, a lot of stress he was carrying in his shoulders, and this massage parlor in particular was well, had a reputation for being able to work the kinks out, not the kinky, the kinks out of the muscles, so he went there, and it just so and happened... He's and
2: he's, a, uh, he's single, he's not married, and you know... He needs to be, you know, touched by humans from time to time.
1: Uh, I've heard that is, you know, uh, transfer of energy, whatever. So so he goes to this massage parlor. It just so happens that the massage parlor that he went to had been under some sort of police investigation prior to that.
2: Yeah, for human trafficking. It was not just a minor... Um, investigation. It was a pretty big investigation.
3: Although Mr. Kraft was in, in no way associated That's with right. that aspect of the case, correct? I mean, that, I just the, wanted they, to they, know. no, and
2: they, they didn't even bring charges against the um, yes, the agent or not the agency, the, but the, the business. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in,
3: in case
1: he's listening or his lawyers are listening, I just wanted to make that clear. But as yeah. but as part of this investigation, the law enforcement determined, I believe they got a warrant for this. Warrant was later deemed to be invalid, but. Law enforcement determined that it would be helpful if they were able to surreptitiously plant cameras in the rooms of the massage parlors to catch folks in the act. Specifically, they were looking for not only the sex act, but the payment of money, because those two things are what constitute the, the prostitution allegations. So you're saying when a John makes a deal with a... Sex
3: worker will be do that as soon as they make the deal. It's now.
2: Well, no, this they were trying to catch something further. They're trying to catch the person who was um, doing the sex act and then them paying the um the the massage parlor spa yeah. um because then it becomes human trafficking
1: human tra- it, 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 well, at oh, a minimum I at I a see, minimum right? it I becomes see. pimping mm-hmm. Correct. but it all, pimping pandering and human trafficking if if the people are have been brought in against their will to do this and so they figured that the law enforcement figured that video was the only way we could make this case and it's plus it j- plus yes. Todd, and I don't
3: think we've talked about this maybe we have the embarrassment of seeing yourself in that situation probably would lead to many a guilty plea. Well, and,
2: and just imagine somebody, they have a valid expectation of privacy. I'm sorry. I would think. Yeah,
1: well, well, so, so, so we're we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves yes. with that. But just to set it up here, so you've got law enforcement with the secret cameras in, and it just so happened that this was in a facility that Bob Kraft went to, and lo and behold, they alleged that he was caught on camera not only engaging in the acts but paying the money, and his legal team raised an issue with the cameras, and the issue here is a Fourth Amendment issue, specifically. I have, as Denise just said, a reasonable expectation of privacy when I go into a private room. And putting a camera in, even if you get a warrant, you've got to show that the expectation of privacy should be overcome by such what, in legal ease, is an outrageous or extreme measure of planting a camera in there for, for just prostitution would otherwise just be a misdemeanor act, even That's though they're the trying key. to get um, the, felundry, human trafficking, yeah. the human yeah. trafficking. Yeah. But Kraft was just charged with a misdemeanor. And so from his standpoint, his lawyers raised this issue. Why is it that on a misdemeanor case, the government is justified in surreptitiously recording this? They might have been trying to do something for somebody else, but they got I got caught up in this dragnet and... My constitutional rights should not be impinged or infringed because you were trying to investigate a felony. You just got me for a misdemeanor. The trial court agreed with his argument. Really? Yes, and, there
2: also was a local law or rule that applied. This was in Jupiter. Yes. And there was a local rule that said you can't do certain things if it's just a misdemeanor.
1: Exactly. So, there,
2: not only was there a constitutional issue, but there also was a kind of a local um, legal issue. So, so, as so, well. the,
1: so, the issue here, because we're coming up on a break and we'll, we'll keep discussing this when we come back, but the issue here was Bob Craft – His legal team got the trial court to agree, the lower level court to agree, that this violated his Fourth Amendment rights, which means that the evidence should be suppressed, the evidence of the video. And they appealed to the local appellate panel, who also agreed with Kraft. The state has decided not to run this up the chain to the uh, federal... florida supreme court and so they said they're going to dismiss the case we're going to talk about the impact of that decision and how it impacts well the ripple effect and we'll do that when we come back from the break
3: gives no meaning to their effects and personal papers doesn't it oh yeah so radio law talk will continue <laughs> here in just a little bit here on the radio station you're listening to of course and always streaming live at radiolawtalk.com don't go we'll be right back Advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information,
8: go to radiolawtalk.com. At ticketchocolate.com, we believe that simplicity is best. We also know that chocolate is one of life's finest things that can help you savor your greatest moments. Late night visits with old friends, overdue romantic moments, and quiet mornings all to yourself. See their wide variety like hot chocolate sticks or creamy marshmallows and a lot more at TicketChocolate.com. They remind busy people like you to take time for the pleasure small things can give. TicketChocolate.com, where simplicity is best.
5: mm ah.
7: D-, d-, d dish TV is...
0: <laughs> if you pay my fee, I'll take your case. Are, Are you, you serious? serious?
3: Radio Law Talk. Now, back to the show.
1: So, uh, when we went to break, we were talking about Bob Craft and the decision by the Florida prosecutors to not pursue the prostitution case, the solicitation case against him, after... The trial court and the subsequent appellate court had both ruled that the video evidence procured by the police violated his Fourth Amendment rights and should therefore be suppressed and not brought into evidence. And you and know
2: that was literally the only evidence that they had.
1: Exactly. That is, and, and that is the problem that I see with the way they went about, they, law enforcement, went about the investigation. Because the argument that the prosecutors tried to make was, Judge, without video evidence, there is no way we can make our case. Now, I was a prosecutor for 10 years. I prosecuted both prostitution cases and solicitation of prostitution. I got convictions, never once had video evidence, ever. How was I able to do that? How about still cameras? Yes. Well, no, no. There was no, no
2: <laughs> any kind of recording. Would there was be no recording but...
1: at all. How uh, other than audio recording done by an officer doing a sting, which is different. That's a that's a different. But right. I, I I let the cat out of the bag there. How were they able to prosecute those? And it's by use of sting operations. You don't have to put video into a room to get that. Because, Cal, what you were talking about before we went to break is correct. Do you have to complete the act, or is it enough to have an agreement between the prostitute and the John and the payment of money? And once money is paid, and believe me, they all want the money first, okay? I, I know that from experience as a prosecutor, not personal experience. Um, they, they want Yeah, that's the, what he said. Yeah, the, they yeah, yeah, want yeah. the money first, okay? So the minute money is paid, the elements to the crime are present. It's there, right? And so you don't need video evidence if you have an undercover officer goes into a massage parlor while they're in the massage parlor they agree with what they're going to do that goes beyond massage. Money is exchanges hands and you have that there. Now the next question is what if you're trying to get the pimping? What if you're trying to get who who the prostitute who the the money? Right, right, to? right. Yeah. Well, look, once you get the prostitute in hot water
2: She can turn. Yeah, you then go
1: Interesting choice of words.
2: <laughs> you you then
1: go to her and say, Well, all right, so here's what you're looking at, but you know, If you tell us who you give the money to, then that helps us go up the chain to find out who's responsible for all this. So the argument on behalf of the people that the video was the only way we could get this. Well, that's nonsense. But the, but the real question is are
3: prostitutes often subpoenaed to come in and testify. I know they don't have to testify against themselves, but can they without testifying against themselves say, "Yes, Mr. XY came into the room. Yes, Mr. X gave me money. Yes, he proposed I do X for Z and therefore." Well, he-
2: they can have immunity deals. <laughs> it, uh, that's it, yeah. Yeah. Absent, it depends it, on who they were who the police are focusing on who they want to go after.
1: Absent an immunity deal, a subpoena would be useless because they would come in and they say, "Look, I, I I can't talk. The Fifth Amendment. Right. I, I, if I testify to that, I'm incriminating myself. Now, if you're going to give me a deal so that what I say doesn't incriminate me, then yeah, I can come in.
2: So you know who is really ticked off about Robert Cross this decision and Robert Kraft? Who's that? The guys who pled guilty before he <laughs> had this decision, right? Well, well what's and, wrong and, with and, me? And, and, and this is exactly.
1: this this is what I don't know. And, and you know, this is going to dovetail into something else that we that we talk about. What happens? When evidence, and we'll talk about this later on, we talk about this Iranian banker case. But what happens when evidence that the prosecution is relying on at any point prior to sentence, and in this case, even after sentencing, is later deemed to be inadmissible evidence? And that was the whole basis on which the prosecution was predicated. What happens in a situation like that? In this case here, Bob Kraft got it tossed, got the evidence (laughs) tossed before. Um, (laughs) good heavens, Denise. You're supposed to be the one that keeps me in check. I can't look to my right and see you every (laughs) time. So... Bob Kraft was the one that got the evidence excluded. There we go. How's that sound? That was good. That got it secluded, suppressed, <laughs> if you will. That's the other legal term. So that it wasn't to, able to be used by the prosecution, the case gets dismissed.
2: Yeah. And his attorney does something interesting, which I want to just touch on. Just for a second. I know you're going to talk about how this expands. What,
1: what did you... <laughs> but
2: his, his. Oh,
1: you guys are <laughs> killing oh, me. You're killing There's me. There's no
2: safe words here.
1: <laughs> 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 okay. It's so... the hand motions you were making with expands. It's really troubling. But go on. What did his attorney do?
2: Um, his attorneys have filed a request with the court to destroy this evidence since it cannot be used and it's the only evidence. And it is obviously a little embarrassing for their client. They've made a motion to destroy this videotapes, well, and that's still pending.
3: You know, you and I can see that when Mr. Kraft passes, somebody's going to leak that t- that tape. Oh, yeah. And they're going to say, this is what Bob Kraft should be remembered for. And, you know,
1: I I totally get where he would say, look, I didn't Let's do anything destroy wrong destroy it. And, 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 and hasn't Kraft's do. legal team even indicated that they'd be willing to pony up the money to cover the cost of finding and destroying all of that evidence and having it be having it go away?
2: Yeah, because they said Kraft would be willing to pay the state's cost.
1: Now, now look, when, when, yeah. I, when I think about the suppression of evidence, I think I could just see the judge and the appellate panel going, yeah, boy. all right, listen here, I—
2: who has to check if it's been well, destroyed? If, it, if this if this
1: case if this case goes forward, there's the potential that this videotape could be played in evidence. And I, I, as a judge, I'm sitting there thinking, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I, of all of all things that I might want to see, that ain't one of them. Bob Kraft with no, you know, what? how do I get around that? I could suppress the evidence. But well, it does have hmm, highly salacious value. It you does. can See
3: where someone could leak it and go, hey man, inquire or.
2: Yeah. you know what are it those would shows? Have a lot of TMZ
3: value. or whatever look what I got for you
2: here. Yeah. so um, who's else has benefited from this decision
1: well you got Bob Kraft has benefited I would think that arguably the prosecution may want to go back and look at the other convictions they got to see if there's something that they can do to dismiss those now that the uh, now that the, those who pled have may have been found to have pled on evidence that is uh, inadmissible although each case has to be looked at individually. Now, here's the thing that I see with with this case, and this is why, you know, because there are people out there going, okay, great for Bob Craft. What does that mean to me? Okay, look, there are people that find themselves all the time facing criminal prosecution for things that, take DUIs, for example driving under the influence, probably the one crime that cuts across almost all socioeconomic factors. The rich get arrested for DUI, the poor get arrested for DUI, people are arrested for DUI regardless of their race. Uh, it, it just, it's the one crime that cuts across all socioeconomic factors. Well, here's the thing. If law enforcement violated any part of your Fourth Amendment rights in securing the evidence that the DA would use against you, and you can prove that, then that evidence gets suppressed. I'll give you an example. Let's say that you're pulled over, right? You're pulled over, you've left the bar at 2 o'clock in the morning, and the cop pulls you over, and for some reason the cop says, look, I pulled him over because it was 2 o'clock in the morning, we got a lot of drunk drivers out here at 2 o'clock in the morning, that's why I pulled him over. Well, that stop... Would be found to violate the Fourth Amendment because he's not the cop doesn't think that there's any specific specific violation of law with this no person action going on by that person. That's right. Lets him being pulled it's over, just right. it's just a blanket. Yeah, you're a lot of people drunk out here, so I figured I'd pull him over. I went fishing and and so and the cop pulls him over and after he pulls the guy over, he finds out he smells the odor of alcohol, sees the glassy eyes, the slurred speech, gets the blood draw after the failed field sobriety test, finds out the guy is a .15, which is well over the legal limit. If the stop was not justified, every observation, and it's found to be not justified by the court, every observation of that law enforcement officer after making the stop, the speech, the watery eyes, field sobriety tests, the blood alcohol levels, all that stuff goes away. It's suppressed because it was all a violation of the Fourth Amendment.
2: Because it's... Um, what is it called the fruit, fruit, fruit of, of, the of the poisonous, poisonous tree. tree there you go
1: and that's and look folks you could look at robert Kraft and say well he got this because he's rich and you know he hired, hired these high-priced lawyers when i was a da public defenders brought suppression motions all the time there's are motions that are brought by any type of lawyer including public defenders it's not something that you have to be rich to do you just have to have a lawyer that's willing to go that route and, you know, these lawyers did. And they made that argument. Do a little it's, homework, it's an yeah. argument that anybody in this case who pled could have made. That's true. Could have made. So uh, that's the Bob Craft story. We're, we are through 45 minutes of our second hour, just, just about. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk a little bit maybe about Magic Johnson.
2: I think that's a good one. Talk
1: about some stuff Magic Johnson's facing, and we'll take it from there. Cal, take us to break. Yeah, well, don't... Don't let me forget to talk about uh, Josh Grogan. Uh, Josh, uh,
3: that singer? Is that Groban. Groban? Gro- Groban, yeah. Josh Groban, too. Hey. Oh, okay. He had a little challenge. I'll bring that up. I am going to write that All down right. to remind yeah, you. To remind me. Thank you. All right. More Radio Law Talk is coming, we promise. All you have to do is stay right there, and we'll be back with it after we take another break. Come away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins
8: At TicketChocolate.com, we believe that simplicity is best. We also know that chocolate is one of life's finest things that can help you savor your greatest moments. Late night visits with old friends, overdue romantic moments, and quiet mornings all to yourself. See their wide variety, like hot chocolate sticks or creamy marshmallows, and a lot more at TicketChocolate.com They remind busy people like you to take time for the pleasure small things can give. Ticketchocolate.com, where simplicity is best.
7: 800 814 5108. 800 814 5108. That's 800 814 5108.
0: I like the Amadose Valley.
3: All around the world, the world.
1: This is RadioLawTalk.com.
3: RadioLawTalk and RadioLawTalk.com.
1: Well, all around the world, at one time, I'm certain in his heyday, everybody was familiar with the name Magic Johnson. Like, people are familiar with the name Michael Jordan still, even though he's been retired for, good heavens, Jordan's been retired for over 20 years now, isn't it? Close to 20?
3: Yep, and still one of the most famous athletes all around yeah. the world.
1: And did you see, Michael Jordan just purchased a uh, ownership share in a NASCAR team. Huh? It's the, it's the one that... Uh, there was the African American NASCAR driver yes. who had. It's the team that he drives for. Oh, cool! And nice. I think, and I think he he's a part owner with Denny Hamlin, who's also a NASCAR driver. So he must have a lot of money he wants to throw away. Yeah, he he does.
3: He's not throwing it my way. What but, a horribly you know. expensive sport to get involved in. Uh, very yeah. few people make
1: good money at it. But yeah, you. Uh, you know, Joe Gibbs NFL after winning Super Bowls. Hang it up, went into NASCAR. Somebody give me that Nomex suit. Let's go driving. Let's go <laughs> driving. All right. I'll tell you what. That, that's that's how that's everything. Yep. Shouldn't be gentlemen, start your engines. I'll tell you what. So anyway, anyway, back to the law. Uh, Magic Johnson, very well-recognized name in the sports world. He is also a part owner of the L.A. Dodgers. Magic Johnson, he's part of that ownership group. Uh, he just got, Johnson just got a temporary restraining order against an individual named Willie Frazier. Now, Frazier is, I believe, what, 61 years old, something like that? Um, Or is Johnson 61 years old? No, I think Frazier is, if I remember that correctly.
2: No, 61 is Johnson.
1: Yes, okay, all right. So Willie Frazier, I don't know what the deal is. This is a guy who claims that Magic Johnson has somehow stolen his identity. Uh, I don't know that Frazier is actually claiming he is the real Magic Johnson, but stolen his identity somehow and and has made threats against him, has called him posing as an FBI agent, has called him uh, threatening to do harm if Johnson doesn't capitulate to Frazier's witches. I don't know how Frazier got Johnson's phone number, but he knows where Johnson's... Uh, lives, lives and lives where he works. And where he works, and he's gone there, so Magic Johnson had to go and get a temporary restraining order. But, Denise, I ask you this question here. Are all temporary restraining orders created equally
2: well the the effect is yes the effect is created equally but how to get to there that point is not and in this particular case while i don't know exactly the method he used to get the restraining order what what magic johnson did do is say the right words stalking yes because in california if you say that i'm being stalked because stalking is such a predatory type of behavior, then a judge is going to grant your restraining order.
3: And because of the actress who was murdered on her front porch, what was I can't remember her name now. I don't uh, mean she to be was, disrespectful, but
2: uh, I, I can't remember. Somebody she was stalked
3: with- her, stalked her, stalked her. Knock on the front door, boom. She was gone, My sister
2: right? and something, yeah. right? I can't remember what her name is, but yeah. I do know yeah. they got her information from the DMV, the Department right. of Motor Vehicles. Right. Yes. But in this particular case, not only is Magic Johnson protected by this temporary restraining order, but so are his employees. Oh. So he, Magic could have filed a couple of different types of requests. He could have filed a, what's called a civil harassment um request for temporary restraining order um because he doesn't have any kind of specialized relationship with the person who is stalking him
1: now just break just breaking these down the civil harassment restraining order would be one protecting his person and his family right we haven't gotten yes. to the employee one correct right? okay so that's that's for him and and well his family the employer
2: employer it's an employer, employer yes um civil harassment order and that's where there is harassment in the workplace and that's what it looks like he has obtained is that because he's got a, a he's got the temporary restraining order that expands and protects his employees as well as himself sure so now, that's now, what it
1: looks like now with regard to the in the workplace restraining order and i believe uh, case law in the last uh, five, ten years has borne this out, especially in the state of California. Obviously, if if one employee is harassing another employee, the employer has some responsibility to try to prevent that and to get the restraining order. But that has been expanded to require an employer to provide, uh, to seek protection for employees when the patrons of the establishment are threatening or people that would otherwise come in I think I think the case I'm thinking of involved a bus driver who had somebody that was riding the bus all the time and assaulted the bus driver and the question was whether or not the the employer who knew about this ongoing harassment had an obligation to seek a restraining order to protect the bus driver from a patron of the business or the uh, of the bus and the court said yeah the employer Employer Did have that responsibility so that would be what that Johnson... would
2: be one example. There's other examples like in church settings and stuff yes. like that as well. So um, magic what he should have done, he did what he should have done, which is to protect his employees, because this person was going to the workplace and making threats as against Mr. Mr. Johnson and his staff. Now, now Janice, <clears throat> listen, what, what does a
1: what does a restraining order really protect? If I have a restraining order, will that will that act as a, a magic shield that will keep me protected and keep me from being harassed?
2: Um, it's a piece of paper that you can utilize to call the police and have the other person arrested. So the restrained party, usually there's a stay-away component where they have to stay so many feet away from the um, protected parties. Um, there's also, um, a no contact kind of an order. You can't contact even through an agent. Like, like if Mr. Frazier says, I'm going to pay Joe, Joe Don over here to contact, um, uh, you know, Magic Johnson Knock on
3: Magic's door
2: Exactly, like that, and right. that person accesses agent That is also a violation of the restraining order
1: That comes up a lot in criminal law Which is what I practice Where I've got, let's say i got an assault case Where as part of the case The court has ordered my client, the defendant Not to have any contact with the alleged victim in the case And to stay the hundred yards away And that includes no telephonic contact No digital contact, nothing, right? And it says no third party contact And, and folks often overlook that Because they don't realize what that means And I get this question. Like, let's say I got a guy who's in custody. My client is in custody. And then and then, uh, you know, the mom comes to me and says, well, he's asked me if I can reach out to the victim's family and see if I can get them to drop the case to do this. No, No. you can't do that. You would be classified as a third party. You are the third party. He can't ask you. He can't ask a fourth party, a fifth party, anybody to make contact with the protected people on your behalf. Just don't. Do it
2: right. And this is a criminal protective order. So that's another type of protective order that is offered in California. We call that a CPO. Right. There's another type of a, um, a protective order, which is called an emergency protective order. And that's where something happens and the police come and they actually call a judge and they get approval to issue an emergency protective order it's a very short-lived order like seven days and the person has to who's being protected has to go down and actually seek a different type of a restraining order so they file that would be more long term and
3: within seven days there's got to be a hearing so that other person's rights aren't violated no, no hearing
2: well. No, it just expires in seven days, so it's a very short-term protective order. Okay, I Is think, there a so, hearing so, to
1: grant a protective order? So what yes. Cal is talking about yeah. here, now note we said that Magic Johnson got a temporary restraining order. Right. And, and when that happens, my, if my understanding is correct, they get the temporary restraining order that might be a restraining order in place until a hearing can take place, and the person restrained has to get notice that the order has been issued, notice of the hearing. Personally served. Personally served. And then at the hearing, they decide, the judge is going to decide whether or not this should be a permanent restraining order, restraining order for a specified period of time, three years, five years, whatever it is, as opposed to temporary. Thank you. That was exactly my question. But
2: an EPO, emergency protective order, does not have a hearing. What happens is at the time when the police determine that that person needs protection immediately, they call a court, they call a judge. in the middle of the night and they get um they tell the facts and the judge then will say yes you can issue that emergency protective order and because it's so short-lived there's no hearing on that technically
1: what what usually happens in a case like that is look if if a matter is egregious enough that they're going to try to get the epo from the court then it's probably a matter where the person who's the aggressor needs to be arrested yes is that off that commonly happens, and the reason it's temporary is if the person is arrested, if they stay in custody, they're probably gonna be arraigned within 48 hours. When they're arraigned, a criminal protective order that will be in place while the case, for the duration of the case, will then be set into place, and that will supersede the EPO, which expires on of its own. Or what report.
2: often happens in my realm of law is that the protected party turns to the court, and if they have a relationship with that restrained party, then they will ask for a domestic violence protective order. The system behind protective orders is a really important system. It is federal. It, it yep. goes across oh. all the states and it's called a CLET system and once you're in that if you're temporarily in it it's different than if you're long term in it. but once you're in it it does impact you
1: And that's to restraining orders. We're done with two hours. Cal take us to the break. All right one more hour radio law talk is coming
3: up right here so stay tuned don't go away.